Hey everyone, this is Jamie Austin, pastor of Woodlake Church. Thank you so much for listening today. If you'd like to know more about Woodlake, head on over to woodlake.church and enjoy this message. series gifts where we have just been going through God's word talking about the spiritual gifts especially those on Sunday morning we're talking about the ones especially those found in 1 Corinthians 12 and I hope you've enjoyed this series Uh, there has been an aversion I believe in the body of Christ to what the Bible refers to as the gifts of the spirit and maybe that's you and you think, you know what, I just want to go to church where I can just go in, go out, get a good message every once in a while. And, and I think sometimes if we're not careful, we don't realize that there are gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to his church to build us up. And if you were here last week, we talked about what are the gifts for? One, to point to Jesus. They're never going to take away from Jesus. It's going to, it's going to put a spotlight on Jesus when the gifts are present in the church. And two, it's to build up believers Anybody need build up in the house of God? So the Apostle Paul, three places in scripture, and we've been talking about this over the last few weeks, there are three things he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of. Ignorant, and that word in the original language just simply means this, it's not in negative terms, it's I just don't want you to be without knowledge on these issues. And three things, one is God's plan for Israel, the second is the second coming of Christ. Aren't you thankful that Jesus is coming back for the church, amen? And then, and then number three is, are the spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts. And so over the next few weeks, we are just going to sink our teeth into what the Bible says about the spiritual gifts. Anything in God's word, if it's in there, it's for us. And it's good. It's good for us. Now, let me say this. When it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, and I'm saying this to people who maybe you grew up in what we call charismatic churches or Pentecostal churches. Sometimes we think, well, if I don't, if I don't have that gift or if I don't flow this way or operate that way, then, then I'm not as spiritual. Gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity. Fruit is a sign of, somebody preach right now, right? In fact, there are people that I believe can operate in the gifts. Why? Because God wants to build up the body of Christ, but they may not have the fruit. And I, can I just tell you, if, if you'll worry about the fruit, God will worry about the gifts and let the Holy Spirit do his thing in our life. The first service didn't get that. That was pretty good. Okay. So what I'm trying to say is this. You cannot be any more saved than the day you said yes to Jesus Christ by faith. There's no, there's no next level of salvation. So everybody go, but there are gifts. And I like gifts. Anybody else? And the gifts are good. The gifts are good. So listen, Sundays and Wednesdays, somebody said, how long is this series? I'm not entirely sure. In fact, I told Pastor Eric earlier, I said, we we're supposed to go three more weeks, but I'll be honest with you, we get in our prayer time as a staff, we're like, ah, let's add another week onto this. I, I believe God really wants to speak to the Woodlake family for coming gifts. So, so Wednesday nights, we're talking about the gifts as well. Pastor Brandon, our, our prayer service, be there in our teaching time. Uh, it's going to be amazing. First Corinthians 12, 
The Apostle Paul planted this church on his second missionary journey. This church was interesting in that it was made up of people who'd come out of, of Judaism, so they, they, were, they were religious, but also it was, it was, they were crammed together with, um, with people who'd come out of idol worship and pagan lifestyles, godless lifestyles, and, and so as a result, things were getting a little crazy. How many of you know that when you put religious people with people who just got saved, there can be sparks in the church, right? Can I just tell you something? I want to be a part of that church. I'll tell you why. When a church gets so tame and everybody gets so saved um, and there's no longer a place for people to come and learn, know about Jesus, that church is in trouble. The reason we turn the lights on is so people can say yes to Jesus Christ. Amen? So as a result, there was this, this conflict going on and especially when it came to the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts were not being used to build up. They were actually being used to tear down. And so the Apostle Paul hears about this and says, okay, we're going to handle this. And so um, if you want another title for this series, Gifts, just call it We Handling This, all right? Because I want the gifts to be active and so this church can be built up. 1 Corinthians 12, let's, let's go. Verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit... Brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed or ignorant, depending on what your version of the Bible you have there. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or another, you were influenced and led astray by mute idols. The Apostle Paul is contrasting. He said, you know what? Those idols were fake and powerless, but our God is alive and speaks. Amen? Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Let me push pause there again. When someone says yes to Jesus Christ, a supernatural miracle occurs, amen? You and I don't come to Jesus, and you heard me say this over the last couple of weeks, just because it makes sense. We come to Jesus and understand that we are saved, forgiven, and made new and right with God because God in his infinite mercy and grace sent his Holy Spirit to open our hearts and minds to receive. Amen. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one of it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Let me pause there for just a moment because we talked about this last week. Anytime there is a gift present in the service, and we're going to be walking through the gifts over the next couple of weeks, anytime they are there, they are given for the common good. That means everybody benefits. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get there in just a second, okay? To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues or, or languages. And we'll unpack that here in a few, in, in actually next week. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So this week, we are going to begin walking through the gifts. Most, most people, when they read this, they can tell you that the gifts are broken down really into about three categories. One is what we call revelation gifts or revelatory gifts or discerning gifts. And we're going to break those down this week. Others, uh, the next week, we're going to talk about the vocal gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and, and prophecy. 
And then finally, we're, the final category, you could break them down, call them power gifts, gifts of healing and working of miraculous powers, gifts of faith. And so, so we're going to just walk through this and what the Bible says, and we're going to talk about practical application. Now, if you were here last week, you heard us talk about, uh, answer three questions. What are the gifts for? We talked about it. Point to Jesus, build up the church. Who are the gifts for? Well, common good. They're for everyone. Amen. Uh, doesn't mean you operate in all of these gifts in, in a corporate setting like this, but, but when, when the gifts are present, we all are built up. And then we talked about how do they operate, especially when it comes here to the Woodlake family. And we talked about this, and, and I make no apologies, but we asked when, especially when it comes to the vocal gifts that only mature, trusted, faithful members of the church operate in what we call the vocal gifts. And we'll talk about those next week, tongues, interpretation, tongues, uh, and prophecy. Why? Because it matters. Uh, how many of you are old enough to remember the old, there was a, 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 a commercial uh, about a financial institution called E.F. Hutton. And there was a phrase in there that said, when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen, Right? I believe there are people within the body of Christ that have a, let me just say it, an E.F. Hutton anointing. They are gifted by God to operate in these gifts. You heard it during our prayer time here today. In fact, I'm going to save that and I'm going to come back to it in just a moment because I thought that was a perfect example. When the vocal gifts are present, listen to this, there are three things that matter. Trust, timing, and tone. That's why I talked about only trusted, mature, faithful members operate in this gifts. Why? Because the elders, Pastor Eric and I and the pastors, we don't need to sit here and go, huh? Who is that? No, we're going to trust the source. Amen? Amen. Timing and tone matters. He is a God of order, right? We talk about, Paul said, all this is to be done in a decent and fitting way. And we talked about this last week, that, that the Holy Spirit is a, is a gentleman, the tone matters. Why? Because everything that the Spirit does through the gifts are to build up and encourage the church, even the challenges. So let, let me say this. If you have ever received a, a, a word or there was something happened and, and the, it was said, well, that was a gift. If it didn't build you up, it's not of God. Even the stuff that doesn't feel good builds us up. Are you with me? Okay, Paul says it, they're going to be given for the common good. So when it comes to the gifts, the gifts are not weird, they are not out of control, they will never contradict the word of God. Jamie, how do I know if what I heard is from the Lord? Does it sound like the Bible? Amen. Does it sound like the Bible? So if you grew up, or maybe not just grew up, but if you stayed awake late enough in the mid to late 90s, you saw infomercials. And there was one infomercial, and this lady would come on with a Jamaican accent by the name of Miss Cleo. How many of you remember Miss Cleo? How many of you called Miss Cleo? I'm not, don't ask for a show of hands, okay? Miss Cleo, you could call Miss Cleo for a psychic reading. Now, some of you are going, that's ridiculous. You weren't there in the 90s. We didn't have that many TV stations. No, listen. 
Listen to this, over a three year period, six million phone calls came into Miss Cleo. There were $1 billion of phone charges assessed. Miss Cleo was actually a skilled actress. That wasn't even her real name. It was a character she played on stage, but somebody saw that and thought, we can hijack that, we can use that, we can make money. People would pay, listen to this, no lie, $4.99 a minute for an actress to give them a reading, to give them a reading. Now, you may sit there and say, that's ridiculous, you're absolutely right. But I believe sometimes within the body of Christ, whether, whether maturity is an issue, a lack of teaching was an issue, sometimes people experience something that was false and as a result, they just shut themselves off to any gift altogether. Yeah. And, and we're gonna just go to God's word. We don't ever have to apologize for what's in God's word, amen? And God's word's very clear. In fact, if you were in prayer service Wednesday night, uh, Pastor Boyd Patterson uh, was, was sharing during one of the prayer prompts there today, and he re- referenced the Holy Spirit in Scripture. And, and, and Pastor Eric, you and I were sitting there next to each other. He, he said, you know, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's referred to in Scripture as the spirit of truth. Aren't you thankful if it's from the Holy Spirit, it is true. And it doesn't cost us $4.99 a minute. Amen. Okay, so let's just walk through this. We're gonna talk about the, the revelation gifts this morning, and the first one up is we're gonna talk about the message or word of wisdom. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse seven. Now to each one the gifts of the Spirit are given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message or a word of wisdom. Here's the definition of that. The word of wisdom is a spiritual utterance at a given moment through the spirit, supernatural disclosing the mind, purpose, and will of God as it applies to a specific situation. Aren't you thankful that we can have wisdom? Luke chapter 21 in verse 15, Jesus was talking about end time persecution of believers and he said this, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Uh, Let me say it this way, have you ever had to have a discussion with somebody and going into it, you thought, dear God, help me. And all of a sudden you said some things and you thought, where did I come up with that? I'm not that good, right? (laughs) every Sunday. I'll just say that right now, okay? No, what am I trying to say? God is the source of all wisdom, amen? Amen. Acts chapter six and verse 10, Stephen is is having to stand against his oppressors and persecution. He says, it says this, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. He wasn't getting wisdom and language on his own. He was getting wisdom from God, and he could not be contradicted. Could not be contradicted. So so it's as if through the Holy Spirit we are given the missing puzzle piece to a situation. It's the ability to know what to do, especially through God's word, and how to apply it. Aren't you thankful that we can have that wisdom? I have found, and let me get just... Let me just give you boots on the ground how this gift operates so many times. There are times I don't know what to do. Have you ever been there before? In fact, there's a way that sometimes both decisions seem right. And I say, Lord, I need your wisdom in this moment because my wisdom has run out. (laughs) The older I get, 
the more I realize how little wisdom I actually have. So, so Lord, I need your wisdom. I pray, I submit it to the Lord, I make sure I'm lining up with God's word the best I can, and then I move by faith. And then many times I look at my life in reverse and say, oh, thank you for the wisdom of God. Because I didn't, I didn't get here on my own. I would have never made that decision on my own. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, for instance, in my life, uh, Jen and I were, were, were getting ready to make some major life decisions. We were, we were on staff at a church. We just built a house. Things were going great. And we began to feel a, a, a stirring about being senior pastors, about leading a church. And I, I am a, I, I, many of you have heard my story, but my history is student ministry, youth ministry, kids ministry. You ever wonder why this church has such a passion for the next generation? That's my DNA. Folks, it hasn't changed, by the way. In fact, I'm going to let you know right now, just because we care about kids doesn't mean we care about, don't care about those of us who are not kids. But we will always be reaching the next generation of this church. Because if we don't, then you just put a, a, a clock counting down until this church is over. We've got to reach the next generation. Amen? Amen. That was a sermon for another day. Word of wisdom. No, um... But I remember being stirred and saying, Lord, what are you doing in my life? And, 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 and this church, Woodlake, called us to come be the pastors. And I just happened to be at lunch with a missionary that many of you are familiar with, a guy by the name of Gary Davidson, missionary to Ireland. Gary and Wilma Davidson planted several churches in Ireland and just, a, just an incredible man of God and, and um, really have, has functioned as a, a spiritual father in my life. We were eating at a restaurant, and I'll never forget, I was wrestling with this decision going, man, I don't, I don't know. Man, we, we would be fine, and God would bless us if we stayed here, but man, here's this open door. I don't know what to do. Both ways seem right. And I can remember him. We stopped and prayed in a restaurant. Aren't you thankful that prayer is not relegated to church alone? Amen. We stopped and prayed, and when he said amen, he just simply said this, you got to do it. I began to argue with him about my age. I was 33 years old. Some of you have heard this story before. I said, I'm 33, man. It feels, feels awful young to be stepping into a role like that. And he looked at me in all seriousness and said, Jesus was 33 when he was crucified. You're old enough to be crucified. So, <laughs> you heard that before, many of you, but what I'm trying to tell you, <laughs> that was the word I needed. That was the word I needed. You say, Jamie, how do I know I can trust that word? Real simple, write this down if you're taking notes. Do you trust the source and does it line up with the word of God? We'll unpack that just a little more in a moment. But I trusted the source, it lined up with the word of God. Here's the second thing. The message of knowledge or word of knowledge. Uh, to one, verse 8, 1 Corinthians 12, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. I think you, you see that phrase over and over in 1 Corinthians 12, and why is that? Because the Spirit will never contradict himself. God will not contradict himself, okay? So knowledge, what's the definition? A word of knowledge or a message of knowledge. The word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation of information pertaining to a person or an event given for a specific purpose, usually having to do with an immediate need. Ultimately this, it's the ability to know a fact or truth. 
One of my pastor friends, Pastor Phil Taylor, he, he, he said it this way, it can also be an insight to the needs of an individual or a body of believers enabling the minister to more effectively reach people. So in essence, it's just the ability to know something that you couldn't get by yourself. Uh, let's, let's make it real simple. How many parents or grandparents do we have in the house? Okay. I have people, they look at their spouse. You either know or you don't, by the way, okay? <laughs> have you ever, when, when your kids or grandkids brought friends around or significant others, something went off on the inside of you? Now listen, it's more than just being a protector. You, you just had something on the inside of you that said, you know what? That's not a right relationship. That's not a right relationship. Something's, something's wrong there. That, that, I'm just giving you very practical, right? Some of you have had heated conversations about those relationships, okay? Um, let me say it this way. How many of us, you, your kids or grandkids, have had those relationships, or maybe it's a job opportunity or something going on in their life. Boy, you just had a, something about it. You couldn't put your finger on it, but there was something wrong with it. Then all of a sudden, you begin to pray. Amen? And the relationship disintegrated. The door closed on that opportunity. What was taking place right there? I believe it was a word of knowledge, a message of knowledge. Uh, and, and, and I'm so thankful that the Lord will give me that. Amen? Yes. Amen. It's the ability to know something that you didn't know before. This happens a lot of time. People will come in and they will talk to pastors and they'll say, you know, they'll be telling us one thing and, and the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to us and say, hey, this is going on or that's going on. And, and we try to bring that up in a way that they're going to respond. Now, let me, let me say this real quick. The moment I say word of knowledge, what happens in a church like this, especially um, people who may not be aware, but you're hungry about the gifts, you want to know about the gifts. Sometimes there's this, oh, the Holy Spirit's going to air out my dirty laundry. We all have dirty laundry, folks. So relax. But that's not what the Holy Spirit does. Do you realize that word of knowledge is given for freedom and salvation? Freedom and salvation. I'm going to give you an example of it. In Scripture, you see Jesus, um, John chapter 4, actually. It's the Samaritan woman. Jesus meets her at a well in the middle of the day. Let me pause there for just a moment. Number one, she was a Samaritan. According to religious standards, he shouldn't have been around her. Number two, it was a woman. So there's another box. He, the rabbi shouldn't have been around her. And number three, uh, historians tell us that she was coming to the well to get water at a particular time of day that only, only people with bad reputations, if you catch my drift, show up to get water. She came there so she didn't have to look anybody else in the eye, and Jesus was there. He showed up to have an encounter with her. Let your pastor preach. There it is, Pastor Jordan, for just a moment. Aren't you thankful that Jesus did everything he could to get to you and I? Come on, somebody. Amen. He loved us enough that, that he was willing to hang on a cross, beaten and bruised and humiliated on our behalf. And you see Jesus is foreshadowing in the book of John. He, he was willing to, to, to break some rules, not, not, not spiritual rules, but, but man's rules to bring salvation. And if you're familiar with what happened, um, Jesus said, go and get your husband. And she says, well, I, I don't have a husband. How many of you are familiar with this story? Jesus says, you're right. You've had five husbands, and the man you're sleeping with right now isn't your husband. I, could, I would love to see the look on her face. 
Scripture says she said this, I can see you are a prophet. (laughs) Now let me pause here for just a moment. Yes, he was Jesus, fully God, fully man. The Scripture says that when he was here on earth, he operated in the power of the Spirit. Jesus operated in a word of knowledge. You're right. You've had five husbands and the one you're with is not your husband. If you're familiar with the story, Jesus leads her to him. She, in fact, she's known as the greatest missionary evangelist of all time. Her entire community came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Can I tell you something? What is bad about that? Nothing. Jesus wanted to save her and set her free and reach her community. Anytime there's a word of knowledge there, it's not to embarrass. It's not even to shame. It's to set us free. Amen. Lord, give us those words of knowledge, even if it pertains to me. Amen. Amen. Here's practical how it happens. We have prayer partners that serve every week. I'm so thankful for all of our volunteers. In fact, some of us need to be a prayer partner. Okay, You need to see Pastor Mike today because we need you. Jamie, there's enough prayer partners. There's never enough prayer partners. So let me say this. Um, there are times, and this happens every week, somebody will come for prayer. Have you ever had such a burden on your heart you didn't even know how to pray? Let me say it this way. Have you ever had something in your life so messed up it was like this jumbled knot of a Rubik's Cube? You didn't even know how to pray. You ever just looked at God and said, This happens every week. People will come to the altar for prayer, and they'll just say, I I just need prayer. I just need prayer. All of a sudden, that prayer partner begins to pray. I've heard this testimony so many times, it is comical at this point. They begin to pray scriptures and things that that are just like, that person didn't even tell them a thing, but the Holy Spirit was talking the whole time. There was just words of knowledge, and all of a sudden, they might say, hey, I'm sensing you have anxiety about something on your job right now. I'm exa- that's exactly what I'm going I'm sensing right now there's something going on with your kids. That's exactly what I'm going through right now. Aren't you thankful for words of knowledge? Amen? I'm so thankful for our prayer partners that operate in that, but you and I can operate in that. In fact, let me pause here for just a moment. Do you realize the gifts are not just to be used in the church? They're to be used out in the community. You can have a word of knowledge today. You may be maybe at a restaurant and your waitress is giving you less than good service. Listen, don't rebuke her. Maybe listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Maybe she's going through something. Instead of you asking for the manager, maybe it's time to speak life into her. Come on, somebody. Well, Jamie, I'm a believer and I deserve good service. Let me tell you what we deserve. We deserve death and hell. Oh, boy. None more than I. May the gifts be used in our community today. Oh, God, give us wisdom. Oh, God, give us knowledge that is not man-made or man-fabricated. Amen? Word of knowledge. I got to hurry. Here's here's the last one we're going to talk about today. And you don't want to miss next week. We're going to dive into tongues, interpretation. I can't wait. Some of you are already bristling up. Bring it, all right? It's going to be good, I promise you. Don't miss. Here's the last one today. Distinguishing or discerning of spirits. Now, let me be real clear. 
Some people say, I have the gift of discernment. The gift of discernment is not a gift. It's the discerning of spirits is what scripture says. Now, you say, well, I've heard the gift of discernment. Most people that say they have the gift of discernment really have the gift of being critical. Let's <laughs> so just keep it real, okay? No, you have an opinion and you really like your opinion. Here, now listen to me. This is why we need words of wisdom and words of knowledge, okay? <laughs> and discerning of spirits. I'll tell you why. Especially in church, sometimes it's hard to distinguish between my preferences and what is the Lord. Or let me say it this way, for those of us like myself who've grown up in this thing. Sometimes it's hard to distinguish between nostalgia and a real move of God. I'm so thankful for what God did. But let's not be so consumed with what he did that we overlook and ignore what he's doing. Amen? Discerning of spirits. Okay, scripture goes on to say in verse 10 to another, a distinguishing of spirits or discerning of spirits. So, so what is that? It's the ability to determine whether the source behind a teaching, a problem, or an action is divine or if it's human or, or flesh, immaturity, or if it's satanic. If it's satanic. We, we need this gift, especially just operating in the world today. So let me give you an example in scripture, Matthew 16, verse 23. I love this passage of scripture in Matthew 16. Jesus looked at his disciples and says, who do they say the son of man is? And they, some of them are fidgety and some say you're a prophet, some say you're really cool. And Peter steps up and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says, you're right, Peter. You didn't get that on your own. You got that from the Father. My Father revealed it to you. There, there's the working, right? And then Jesus begins to teach about what he was going to do, that he was going to ultimately die on the cross for the sins of mankind and, and be raised again. And Peter pulls him aside, and he tries to tell Jesus to be quiet. He says, Jesus, don't talk like that. Let me tell you something. Don't ever tell Jesus to hush. Bad day, right? So, 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 when, when Peter declared that Jesus was the son of the living God, uh, Jesus called him, in fact, he said this, Peter, you are right, you are the rock, and upon this rock, I'm gonna build my church, okay? So, so many believe it was Jesus affirming Peter as a major, major pillar in the early church. Just a few verses later, he pulls him aside and Jesus, hush. And Jesus simply says this, how many of you are familiar with this passage? Get behind me, Satan. <laughs> That's a bad day when Jesus says, you are a rock. And just a few verses later, he calls you the devil. How many of you have had a day that you've gone from really spiritual to not so spiritual? He says, get behind me, Satan. You know, Jesus recognized something there. That, number one, that Peter was in his flesh. But number two, the only one who could motivate a, 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 a idea to stop Jesus from doing what he'd been called to do was the devil. Let me pause here for just a moment. Let me teach and preach, okay? I need to preach right now. Listen to me. Any teaching that goes against Jesus being the only way to God, the way, the truth, the life, his shed blood on the cross for all of our sins, any teaching other than that is false. It's satanic. And listen, there's a lot of satanic teaching out there. All paths lead to God. No, they don't. 
Well, Jamie, this sounds kind of right. You know, you know, you know really the, the Bible and the Book of Mormon and all, it's all the same thing. It is not. And before you think your pastor is being mean and judgmental, no, <laughs> no, that's a discerning of spirits. Aren't you thankful that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life? Because if he, listen, if there was another way to God, then, then it would just be work after that. I would try to be good. I would try to check off the boxes. And I don't know about you, I've tried. I cannot be good enough. I needed Jesus, amen? Amen. amen. So any teaching that, that says that Jesus isn't the way, the truth, and the life, and a surrendered life to him is not the way, is satanic. So discerning, you see it right there. Let, let's go on. Here's another one, Acts 16. Luke recorded this, that the apostle Paul was talking about the, the way to be saved being Jesus, and, and there was a, a, a slave girl is what Scripture says, and, and um, uh, basically she was a witch. She had a spirit, the Bible says, and this is what she was saying. Listen to this. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are the servants of the Most High God, that's all in capital letters, who are telling you the way to be saved. That sounds good, doesn't it? So a demon-possessed girl was following them around going, they're telling you how to be saved. They're followers of the Most High God, they're servants, they have the, it sounded right, didn't it? But Paul recognized the source was wrong. He discerned it, discerning of spirits. If you're familiar, in fact, scripture says he got annoyed. You ever be annoyed? And he rebuked it, said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit, small s, left her. I, let me tell you why I think this is important. She was declaring something that was right. It sounded right, but the source was wrong. And we need discerning of spirits when something sounds right, but we're not sure. Uh, let's, let's talk about how this works. And I say this in humility and really with a broken heart. It is painful to watch as men and women of faith that maybe we look up to especially those in popularity, maybe, maybe they've been in the news or media, and I'm not pointing finger, I just want you to hear me, but it's amazing how, as the years go on, how many of them simply step away from the word of God and feel like they have new revelation. That's dangerous and wrong. And if we're not careful, we will just take everything in stride and we just take it in and take it in and take it in. We now, more than ever, I believe, need the discerning of spirits. Is what taking place, is it immaturity, is it in the flesh, or is it satanic? Let me say it this way. Many of you have received the word from somebody, and maybe they, they, they claimed it was a prophet, or they sensed the Lord was saying, and it troubled you. The word of God will never trouble you. It's to encourage you. There have been times in my life somebody has given a word of wisdom or knowledge and man, it's, it was a confrontation of, of, of what was going on in my life. Even the, even the things that hurt were good. Amen? Uh, Paul and Thessalonians talking especially about prophecy. He says, when it comes to this, listen, when you receive a word, he says, test, test them all. We're Lake family, 
Write this down if you're taking notes. If you, when it comes to words of wisdom, words of knowledge, when it comes to prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, listen to me. Test it all. I should just take it and, you know, and I'll, you know, test it. Test it, amen? Let me tell you how it worked. It worked this morning, okay? One of our trusted, faithful, maturing members had a word, word of knowledge, and, and I love the illustrative part of it. You saw Pastor Jordan get up and talk about, hey, our, our Jesus is big, amen? I need to know that Jesus is big sometimes, right? Because my problems seem big, but my Jesus is bigger, amen? And he said he's had a vision, or a, a picture of, of a table, and you're being invited to the table, but you don't feel worthy to come. Folks, every bit of that lines up with scripture. In fact, immediately, in fact, I told Pastor Jordan when he came back, I said, you know what? I immediately, the scripture of Mephibosheth came to mind. The lame son of Saul. Oh, folks, that's another sermon for another day. But if anybody was unworthy to come to the table of King David, it would have been Mephibosheth. He was the son of the previous kingdom. He should have been dead, but he was lame in both feet. He could not walk. He was a cripple. He was not worthy to be in the presence of the king. But David sought him out and brought him to the table. Come on, somebody. And he sat with the rest of the family and declared this from this day on, you will eat at my table as one of my kids. Doesn't that sound like God? Amen. That was a word. I tested. There was a test there, right? Do I trust the source? Does it line up with the word? Amen. Aren't you thankful there are no accidents in the house of God? Oh, I needed to hear that today. The Thessalonians were struggling with prophecy because they'd experienced idol worship and a lot of Miss Cleo moments. And they just had an aversion to the gift and Paul says, it's okay. It's okay to test the gift. I'll end it here. I was about, we were, I was 26, 27. I'm not going to tell you how old my wife is. Not much older than I. It's already started off bad. I'm getting giggles in the look. You know what I'm talking about. All right. I believe Wyatt was just born. Jen and I were beginning to sense a stirring in our spirit. How many of the Holy Spirit will begin to disrupt you long before sometimes a change takes place? You sense, you sense a stirring and God, you're doing something different. Couldn't even put language to it at the time. What I'm about to tell you connects with Gary Davidson's word of knowledge years later. God was doing something. We were praying, Lord, what are you doing? We love where we're at. We love what we're doing. But God, you're just, you're stirring us, you know? And, and um, you ever had that? And one weekend we had a guest speaker at the church we were on staff at. And it was a guy by the name of Dr. Mike Rakes. He's now the president of Evangel University. And he'd come and powerful services that weekend. And God really moved. But he stayed over on a Monday just to, uh, kind of pour into the staff and talk, talk strategy and vision, that sort of thing. And um, we were sitting in a room with him and he was teaching and just, just, it was really awesome. And I'll never forget, 
he came over to Jen and I and he was teaching and he just stopped and he looked at us. And he said, God's stirring you right now. Don't you love that God talks to other people? He said, God's stirring you right now. And he said, in essence this, he said, God is, God is preparing you to step into a lead role. And he said, I want to pray for you. And my wife and I remember this like it was yesterday. He looked at Jen. He said, I want you to place your hands on your husband. And you remember this too. She laid her hands on my, on my back. And folks, I could probably count on one hand how there was a, I felt a physical, like, like a, the only way I know to describe it is like a contact point on a battery. She put her hands on my back and it was like a wonderful searing red hot poker went through my back. And Dr. Mike Rakes just began to pray, Lord, bring clarity as they step out in, in leading and caring for your uh, people and just begin to pray this beautiful word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits prayer. It was powerful. They got done. I was wrecked. You ever been wrecked? I was wrecked. I didn't even know. And here's what I'm trying to get at, folks. I didn't even know what it meant yet. But I knew there was a word. I just knew. All the gifts right there were, were, were active in one place. Now, you say, I, did I, could I tell you that we were going to be leading Woodlake from that day on? No, that was, that was about, about, goodness, help me out, babe. About seven years prior to us coming here. had no idea. But God used that to change the whole course of my spirit and my mind. Now, what does that mean? Sometimes we receive a word. I needed to test it, didn't I? Lord, this lines up. I trust the source. It lines up with your word. Now, Lord, you're going to bring it to fruition. Some of you have received words in this place, and you trust the source, and it lines up with the word of God. But right now, you're sitting there going, okay, but how? You ever been there before? Have you ever received a word from the Lord? You know it's from the Lord, but you're going, that's impossible, God. Read the word. He specializes in impossibilities. Can I have an amen? And if it's from him, you can relax. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. If you're here this morning... And as we've been talking about the gifts, maybe there's been something on the inside of you saying, you know what, the gifts of the Spirit are great, but there's a gift that you need to receive before those other gifts, and it's this. It's the free gift of salvation. And if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, you forget everything else I said and you hear this. God loves you, and there is nothing you can do about it. The word says that God loved us so much, he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, to pay the penalty ah, once and for all, for all of our sins, all of our mistakes. And the scripture goes on to say this, and whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you're here today and don't have a relationship with the Lord, I'm telling you, you need to be saved. And maybe on the inside today, you know today's the day. Let me tell you what that is. That's the Holy Spirit opening your heart and mind to receive. It's a miracle. I'm going to ask everyone in this place to bow your heads and close your eyes. And the only reason I do that is I don't want you to put it on cruise control right now, believers. I want you to say, Lord, what did I need to hear today? But if you're here today, you'd say, Jamie, that's me. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. On the count of three, all I want you to do is raise your hand. When you do, you can hold it up for just a second, put it right back down. And then we're all going to pray. 
I'm not gonna single you out, but I'm gonna lead you in a prayer of saying yes to the Lord. If that's you today, you'd say, Jamie, that's me. I need to say yes to the Lord. Raise that hand. One, two, three, that's me. Anybody in the house today? If you're watching online, Pastor Dennis is right there. You give him a shout out, let him know that you're saying yes to the Lord. Anybody in the house today? We're gonna pray this prayer anyway. But everybody, just let me lead you and everyone say it, dear Jesus, you are the son of God. You died for me, for my sin, in my place. Come into my life, forgive me, and make me new. And from this day forward, with your help, I'm all yours. In your name I pray. At Woodlake Church, our passion is to help you connect with God, find your sweet spot in ministry, and grow in your faith. Everyone is welcome at Woodlake. If you've never been to church before in your life, or if you're a lifelong Christian, Woodlake is a place where you can experience real and lasting spiritual growth. Music is upbeat. The messages are straight from God's Word. They're very practical. We also have great programs for infants through 12th grade. I mean, we have something for everyone. Come check us out this weekend. I promise you'll be glad you did.